0: This is a Hoff Studios podcast. Karen Cinnamon, my dear friend, my sister, my very new sister. We've only known each other for about a year, but you know that Coming
1: up to our 1 year anniversary.
0: I mean, really, <laughs> what is time? What is it? It's <laughs> no, it, a construct.
1: Yeah, it's here. It's just, no, I'm, I'm so excited to, to have a chance to chat with you today. And uh, I don't
0: know what, what's in store for us, but I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being here. I did your podcast about, I don't know if it was like six months ago or something, and you had reflected, I mean, and you have this beautiful podcast and this beautiful um, platform just advocating for Jewish joy for women and for the entire community. But especially now in a time where that's like not what people are promoting, it is such a revolution. It is so important. It's reaching so many lives. You have this Jewish journal that you just, um, Jewish joy journal that you just published that I enjoy daily. (laughs) Your work is so meaningful in the world. And, when I guessed it on your podcast, you were like, I don't know. I'm not that into mom stuff, but I'll tell you, I'm into my mom. And I've yes. thought about that.
1: Oh, and you are a mother of two. Too.
0: What's that? I've got goosebumps when you say that. Yeah. Well, because when I met you, um, you it was the first time that you were in Israel without her. So she was very present yeah. in our meeting even. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, it wasn't even just that it was the first, I mean, no, actually that's not quite right. It wasn't that I was my first time in Israel without her because I've lived in Israel. I've traveled many, many times without her. I mean, you mean without her in my life. Um, it yeah. was more about everything about my mother was encapsulated in what Israel stands for and the, what we love about Israel. And so I, so like now she's gone, Israel is even more meaningful to me and even more impactful. So being there just four or five months after she died um, for an event that came out of nowhere and was just exactly what I needed. And I met the people I needed to meet like you and experienced the things I needed to experience while still feeling all the sort of loss of my mother. It was just a very, I don't even know how to describe it, but it was definitely a, um, a life peak. Um, no, not a life peak. How would you describe it? You're the one that's uh, It was a peak words. experience. It was definitely a it peak was, experience. It was. And everything about Israel since she, I mean, I've always, Israel's always been a big part of my identity, but ev- ever since she's died, like the only music I listen to is Israeli music. Wow. Anytime I hear someone speak Hebrew, I say, speak Hebrew with me. Like, I want to speak Hebrew today with you. You know, it's just, it's it's my connection with her. living in the UK
0: well and of course she was Israeli yeah let's take it back maybe maybe um for the mom curious audience I know you have this incredible audience who of course is tuning in hello friends (laughs) (laughs) but for those of you who um don't know Karen Cinnamon will you go ahead and introduce yourself well,
1: um,
0: where do you want me just to start? Just a general of Karen or my work? Or? You can tell us a little bit about um, even your, your upbringing, actually, since we are yeah. centering this conversation around the impact your mom has made on your life, which for us, you know, as a, a podcast that talks about motherhood all the time, like, what's the point? Why, you know, why do we work this hard? Why do we bring life into the world? Why, you know, you're such a shining example of what a mother can, what a, what, 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 um, a deep connection can look like between mother and daughter, you know, beyond the veil and, uh, forevermore and, um, and why we do what we do as mothers every single day. And it's funny when I, I loved what you said
1: earlier about, you know, you were talking about mom curious and mum stuff. And I said, oh, you know, whenever we were talking about it many months ago, I'm not into that sort of mum scene. What I meant by that is I don't get energy from sort of mummy content in yeah. terms of me being the mummy but you picked out that the most meaningful relationship up until I met my husband was that one with my mother and it's it's so interesting i never thought of it as like me as the daughter but anyway
0: well that's a, that's the craziest thing we we've all uh, been mothered even those <laughs> of us i mean not 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 myself but even if for for those people listening who maybe didn't have a relationship with their mother well that's a relationship in and of itself we all came yes. from a mother Yes. It, you know we've, and we've it all shaped least... you for the good or for the bad it shapes you yeah yeah well, so I'm wondering how you were shaped. Yes,
1: in I would love, thank you for giving me the honor of spending some time talking about my mother because it just means the world to me. So I was born in London. Just over 40 years ago. And I um, have an Israeli mother who was born in Iraq, moved to Israel in 1948 after the persecution in Iraq, and uh, a British father. My mother moved to London um, in the 70s or late 60s and met my father quite quickly and settled down here. So I'm sort of born and bred Londoner. But with two very different influences—the sort of British father with the sensibilities and the politeness and gentle—and <laughs> then my mother, who is sort of dynamic force of nature, um, full of bars, very focused, fun, daring, um, incredible energy—and it was wonderful growing up with these two influences. We lived in a in a Jewish neighborhood, and um, but what meant always meant so much to me was the israeli influence um i suppose i was consuming a lot of the british influence living in the uk so that israeli style has it's just i love it i love the directness i loved being part of 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 everything she she stood for and it was also summers in israel so she's part of a massive um family in israel huge iraqi family she's one of five lots of cousins and a big part of my childhood was spending every summer in Tel Aviv in my aunt's house around cousins and that I'd say was a big shaper um in childhood and yeah growing up in London um good lovely childhood
0: um all you know, we can dive in, but or we can just yeah. keep it a lovely childhood. You, no, you can totally, <laughs> you to can you. totally dive in. I told, I, um, part of the reason why I call you my sister is because we have that connection. You know, my, my parents are both Israeli. I spend summers in Israel. There's uh, a I very, you spend summers as well in Israel. Oh, yeah. Summers, just, Passover. Yeah. yeah. Um, different part of Israel. And, and they're actually pretty culturally different in Jerusalem versus I think your family's in Tel Aviv just outside ramagdan getaway yeah yeah so slightly different my my family is very religious and it's like very the the air is very thick with spirituality in jerusalem and mm. with all the rest of it too um and it I, I think it's a little bit different in tel aviv and and in the suburbs of but um yes. essentially that that um culture was i mean was also a, like a sort of a warm embrace for myself as well. A, a feeling of yes. home and a feeling of arrival and a feeling of safety and a feeling I was of- I say safety. Of, of miraculousness, of existence. And just warmth and,
1: you know, you just whatever you were doing, you felt cuddled. And for me, it was very much about the family because uh, my aunts, my cousins, we were just around each other and on top of each other. And we loved it. And to this day, we're still- a big family who are very close. There's no brokers amongst any of this family in Israel. Uh, you know, 50, 60 of us, we're just, it's an amazing thing. And um, certainly the happiest memories in childhood are those, those summers in Israel where everything felt perfect.
0: <laughs> and then you've dedicated your work to that Jewish joy, that, that belonging that you feel, still feel, and definitely felt in childhood. I mean, well, the interesting thing I don't know about-, about the
1: belonging in child. I mean, oh, really? So I think I've I've reflected on it in the last couple of years. Why in adulthood did I start my own Jewish communities? So I've got two. I've got one for Jewish brides. The platform smashing the glass. The community is brides club, and then I have one for Jewish women, mainly of millennial age, called smashing life, and that platform around it is called your Jewish life your way. And I was reflecting or I've been asked, probed in interviews, you know, what, why do you think you've, you, you, you've got to this point? And on reflection, it's actually to do with being Jewish in London as a teenager in my early 20s and actually not fitting into any of the Jewish communities in London because there's a feeling here of you're kind of all in or all out. You've either got tons of Jewish friends and you're inside some Jewish community or you're not. It's very hard to sort of, in in certain, in adulthood different because you're more confident, but in that, those earlier stages and being Israeli, or half Israeli, I felt it inside. I didn't need to do Jewish things or be in Jewish places or be around Jewish people to feel Jewish, and I never quite fitted in. I wanted Jewish friends so badly, but I didn't fit into those Jewish spaces or the cool Jewish girls at school, you know who were all really cool and <sighs> knew everything and I just oh I just didn't quite fit, and I also one of my um key values in it, on the work I do is inclusivity, as you know. And I always and and no judgment, we are no judgment zones on all my platforms. And Mm -hmm. I always felt judged in Jewish communities. Am I too am I too? Am I this? Am I that? Am I washing my hands at the right time? If it's in a you know Friday night (laughs) dinner, or am I don't not cool enough for this crowd, or whatever it was, it was always that sort of not quite. And unless I was in Israel, and I realized in my early twenties that. What I loved about the whole Israeli vibe is there's the Jewish stuff everywhere, but you don't talk about it. You don't, you know, right. it's just there. And so, yeah. yeah, that's the sort of, I think, on reflection, why I've created my own inclusive, judgment-free Jewish community where every Jewish woman is, is welcome.
0: Yeah. You know, <laughs> in Israel, it's so, it's so interesting because, I, you know, I tell my son, you know, we live in a Christian country. You know he gets upset that that um his friends will ask him what Santa's getting him, and he's like, "I don't know Santa <laughs> like
1: <laughs> Cute answer. like we're not
0: we don't do, and he has no interest in knowing Santa actually. that's what's so interesting about children is that they 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 really love themselves they love themselves <laughs> they love what they do they love who they are yes. and um he's like that's not mine and mommy why do they keep asking me this and i i try to explain to him like we live in a christian country and um and in that way being a minority in in a in a majority you you feel it you know i think we also we held on you know in the diaspora to um religion to keep yes. us quote unquote jewish and it you know that doesn't that's not the whole shebang. Maybe you can actually unpack that for us. And maybe I'm sure your mother lived this way too, because she wasn't a religious woman either. She was just deeply Jewish. She never went to
1: synagogue ever. Even on Yom Kippur, she was not interested.
0: Like it didn't, it
1: didn't do anything for her. So again, what what I love about my mom and what I try to continue shining her light with is with my work, even more so now she's gone, is do it, do the things that spark meaning and joy for you, not the things that you should be doing with your Jewish life, because what really, what's the point, you know? And then some people will come at me and say, oh, but what's the point? You know, not everything has to be fun and great. You know, sometimes you have to fast. Sometimes you have to go to synagogue and listen to something for me. That's just being, you know. And I respect if that's how you view Judaism and you think that's the, go for it. But my point of view is, to enjoy, you know, all the amazing parts of being Jewish and maybe you can even evolve a tradition or twist it or make it relevant to you. So go, but going back to your question about, you know, it doesn't have to circle around religion. We are so much more than um, going to synagogue or doing things because we're told to do them. And I remember you talking on the podcast about how you had that moment where you realized you were doing all the things But it was leading you nowhere, you know. And I'm all about liberating that feeling of, you know, what sparks, what makes your Jewish identity sort of alight, you know, and then go into that really intentionally.
0: Something that I love so much about your work is that you're a woman, (laughs) just straight up. Really? Why? Yeah, (laughs) because I think for so long in many religions, uh, most most religions of the world. They, if they are patriarchal lineages. They are, you know, the, the, the head of the table is the father or the rabbi who's or the priest who's usually uh, a man. And you've taken this, and maybe it was natural for you because you had such a strong um, maternal figure, but you've taken this um, mama bear role um, in your community. And this community, by the way, is worldwide. Yes, it is. And it's global.
1: Yeah.
0: You reach millions of people with specifically Jewish joy. And it's not that you you shy away from the hard stuff, but that you highlight the the beauty, the fun, the humor, um, the yumminess of being Jewish, which doesn't exist necessarily for people who like me live in a you know Christian country and we're just sort of, you know, finding our way, doing our thing. Yeah,
1: um, and even diminishing it your Jewishness you're, because you're in that Christian oh, country. Yeah. So, you know, that's the other side of it. It's the Jewish joy and it's also doing it standing tall because if you're going to be made to feel lesser than for say, not going to synagogue, we don't want to get synagogue or, you know, from an internal Jewish judgment point of view or from an external point of view, you're made to feel lesser than for, you know, wearing a star of David or whatever, you're going to diminish and diminish and diminish. And that doesn't make for much joy, you know? So it's those two parallels of finding the things that spark it for you and going all out, you know, standing proud, um, which you do,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that I your do. children I,
1: I, will cop- copy, evidently, with 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 that fantastic response. Like, I don't know who Santa is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he just really, honestly, was like, I don't know what you're talking about. You I love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it was just like such an honest answer. Actually, Ness, my little rabbi, he's so sweet. He was having a hard time at school, and he was like, you know, because you know, some of the kids are. Um, a little bit more rambunctious and sometimes I can scare him. And he literally said, he's like, but God wouldn't let anything bad happen to us. And I was like, I paused because I'm like, I don't know. God, God, (laughs) you know, like who's God? Um, (laughs) But you know what? God, God soothed him in that idea. And like, that's what's so interesting about, um, about children is like he came out with his own, understanding of, I wouldn't say Judaism, of a higher power, of a source greater than himself. I I oh, yeah, did not God. teach that to him. I didn't, I mean, I didn't because I don't talk like that. Like, God yeah. would never, meanwhile, I'm like, God would, you know, <laughs> if we're really being honest, God has. But, um, but yeah, I I think everyone has their own like spiritual understanding and joy can be the connector too Mm. that bigger Mm. feeling that abundant feeling that joyful uh spiritual connective feeling is um you know often just sort of planted by joy joy itself And it's
1: also i'm i'm my character is regardless of any of this is i like I like making people happy, you know. I like giving strangers compliments. I like giving anyone compliments. Like I never understand people who don't compliment easily because you can get a chance to make someone's day really easily, you know. Yeah, um yeah. why not? You know, so I've always been that person that sounds so pathetic but I just want everyone to be happy (laughs) I want to you know and I want to and I my mom going back to my mom she instilled positivity in me and you know always finding that positive side to a situation which could you think your whole world's falling apart she would find Something to lift you up and you know move you out of it and move you forward, and certainly that's been a massive influence her 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 positive attitude um, that I very much encapsulate and you know I want to continue shining her light. I am my own person, but equally I just she was such a magical person that I want to do whatever I can to keep shining. Her, you know, her, her light. Like, so, whether it's I'm not a naturally the most daring person. So, but she was very daring. Mm. So, I'm trying to be more daring. Um, she never gave up on the things she wanted most. And I think I've got a part of me of that, but I'm really being that person since she died. And, you know, a few other things wow. as well.
0: <laughs> you know, I like, uh, I like l- looked at my face while you were saying how joyful she was. And I, I looked so confused. And the truth is, I am. Because, like, how can a person be so joyful when, like, she was chased out of her home in Iraq? Is that—how old was she when she emigrated she, from Iraq? And, and like, we we—you know, w- when we talk about, like, neuroscience, people are always like, those early years are so important. And, you know, trial and tribulation can really fuck you up. And then you have this woman or— who you know intimately in and out and you're like no she was positive joyful daring optimistic what was so, that
1: experience she was you know a complex person she went through a lot in childhood lots of things that I that I won't even go into to protect her privacy besides from the obvious trauma of having to flee your country and go from the riches a very comfortable, rich lifestyle to a refugee camp, you know, at age, age nine. So, um, she wasn't, um, uh, she didn't have the luxury of having a childhood like mine where, yeah, you can be like, ah, I, like I said, I just want everyone to be happy. You know, and it's kind sort of frothy away. She right. was, had many, many layers. She wasn't this kind of constantly joyful, positive person. However, she was so smart, right? She mm. was so, smart. You could go with any problem to her and she would fix it. And I guess part of that was looking at it from other ways. You know, when the chips are down, is that the phrase? I'm always terrible with when the chips are down or whatever. When things when are not chips, going yeah, well sounds
0: good, yeah, and you sure. look at it and you go... When you say oh. things with a British accent, I'm like, yeah, whatever Karen says <laughs> is totally right. The chips are down. It's possible yeah, we'll, that it's, look,
1: we'll look that one up after the episode. Yeah, and yeah. See what we who was right. But um you know, when things aren't going your way, or you know, I remember you know all kinds of stuff happening to me, like mommy, as we all do, Emma. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> and and she's you know, or, or you know, more importantly, like to, for her character, like when things weren't going away in her life, because obviously with a child, you always find a way. The mother makes find a way to make it better. But let's say in her own life, when things weren't going, you know, she might be you know, okay, a couple of days, and then she'd find a way to lift herself up and be bigger than the problem. And how can you be bigger than a problem if you don't attach some kind of positive energy or vision for how it can be better or how you can just overcome it, you know? So she it, she wasn't, I'm much more about like, hey, let's all be happy and be positive. And she was much, like on a different level of kind of smart and just such a good brain so it was everything I mean but in simple terms about kind of comparing her childhood to sort of what she was in later life I think certainly when she arrived in London she literally built her life piece by piece by piece she arrived in London with very little she really I mean not much at all so she created the circle of friends she wanted over the years she'd find someone who she thought would like you who she'd want to be friends with she would find a way to like create that friendship so she built all the friends she found a wonderful life partner she built a beautiful home in a beautiful part of london an incredible career as a sculptor all these as a things sculptor yes she's a no. sculptor yeah and in fact one of the things a career
0: as a sculptor well she A was sculptor?
1: she was always very creative and artist. all the family are and she again she pursued her passion she trained she exhibited worldwide and in fact one of the hardest things since she died is I absolutely hate now when I see her work anywhere and it's got her date of birth to her mm-hmm. I can't even say it, the date of you know and it's like I'm still in denial about the whole, so it's like no you know. so yeah she she built it all and she did it her damn self you know um yes with she it with her hands
0: literally sculpted <laughs> yes, it with her
1: sculpted it with her hands she had a foundation of a, a, you know a good mother and wonderful sisters but again in london she came alone you know and she built it all she built everything and and i still think like my 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 um, aunt, one of my aunts, just always she said to me, Zimmy, that, that's her nickname, she says Zimmy, she says Zimmy can move mountains. Like literally that's how powerful she, she was. And I can try to be that powerful, but I'm a different different character and I, I have different okay. strengths from her, but she was something.
0: <laughs> totally. You were saying um, when we talked about the idea of coming on, you were saying, you know, people don't talk about mothering after you've lost your mother. Yeah. What is that like? So what you mean, mothering my children?
1: Yeah. And your so, own self, right? Yeah. So one thing I've worked out since you died is the greatest, you know, our mothers teach us all kinds of lessons. And, you know, sadly for some people, for the bad, is, you know, for us, for, you know, hopefully more, more of the good. But the greatest lesson they teach you is how to live without them. You know, no. I Yeah, that's that's what you're left with. Like, how do I live without her? I have to use all the things that she taught me, you know? Um, and that is really going goes through my head all the time. The other thing that goes through my head is I never ever attached, I always used to think it was such an old-fashioned phrase. You know, those Yiddish phrases, La You say it in a Yiddish (laughs) accent. (laughs) So and now it's everything. So it means from generation to generation.
0: Um, actually, in Yiddish, it would be to door, but that's uh-huh. okay. Lidor vidor is actually Hebrew. Just, it you know, is. Just it is. Little, I wanted just a to throw, of, I
1: wanted to be clever and kind of get you and your Yiddish connection, and, and I completely it. fell you on need, my face. No, you
0: needed it. You needed. You no. I just. I needed to give a little Yiddish lecture. I wanted to hear it. it. Yeah, okay. And I hope we're gonna get you got it, friends. Singing.
1: I hope we're gonna in- include some Israeli singing as well, which is a a, a kind of podcast tradition. Mm. I Between you and me. So the door to door from generation to generation, which can mean very little or it can mean a great deal. And for me, I see like she's passed to me. And I'm not talking about like recipes. I'm talking about right. how to live, how to um how to mother, you know, and the funny thing is when she was alive and, you know, she was a strong, strong opinions. She liked, you know, sometimes she would say to me, don't do that with, you know, with Zara. So, and I say to her, mom, don't tell me what to do, you know, and it would frustrate me because I wanted to live my own life. You know, she was a strong character and like, here I am, I'm mothering. I want to do it my way. I'm not you, mommy. I'm going to do it slightly different. And your Jewish life, your that. way.
0: That's, yes. your whole, that's
1: your thesis on life, your way. <laughs> Your way, it's my, and, you know, she had to control herself and, you know, from kind of interfering. Oh, yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm really big on boundaries. And anyway, so. Is that, that comes naturally to you? No, it doesn't. It, no, doesn't. it doesn't? No, it I
0: doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because I'm a. I always know how to do no, that. Well,
1: remember I was saying beforehand about you know, I wish my friends be happy. So growing mm. up, I was a people pleaser right. and it's only something I've worked hard on probably only in the last five to six years. And it's been so impactful that I'm just, yeah, a big believer. And anyway.
0: No, tell us you're a big believer in what that we
1: need to in, know. In, in boundaries with, for me, it's with the people you love the most. Cause I've got quite mm. good natural boundaries with people in work or, but you know, the people that Again, you want to make happy or mm. you want you want them to just have a good time and they ask you to do a favor and you, you don't really want to do it. And you, mm. you can't say yes and they're delighted and you're miserable. Mm. So you have to put boundaries in which can actually be feel very uncomfortable, yeah. not just with saying, no, I'm not going to do it, but then the feeling after sitting there with what yeah. you've just done, you've got to yeah. be able to sit with that feeling. And it's, it's a a life's work for me, but it's definitely something that has enhanced my life. What are some of the benefits just
0: so we can have a takeaway?
1: More for me, more energy for myself, my family, um, things I've so you know, not spending energy on things that are not filling me up, which again, I think is something I've only had the confidence to do in my forties. You know, I did think I, maybe I was everyone else's in my thirties, um, The other benefit to having boundaries is is you're just living your life your way. You know, (laughs) everybody will try and snatch a piece of you, especially this one's for the mums, right? I'm talking now to my (laughs) mums. My mum, curious. Everybody in your life, however much they love you, will snatch all your time and all your energy. It's just a natural phenomenon. Only you can protect your time you have to decide that you are going to protect whether, whether it's an hour whether it's a, a role whether it's a, some hobby that you love whether it's whatever it is and someone's saying actually i need you to you know i need you to run somewhere and just get me then and will only take you and to be able to say no is not easy and only you can protect that time because everybody is going to try and take that time away from you
0: it's really amazing that you actually implemented that with your most uh, precious relationship. You said earlier in, in, tried in, to. Our, it wasn't in our conversation, it's not so easy. I also have boundaries with my mother and find that the, you know, and uh, thank God she's around and she's, she's uh, so helpful. Um, <laughs> she's so Are you helpful. Close you with your mom? I wasn't in childhood at all. And since I had my son, I started becoming closer to her, mo- mostly out of need, you know? And then their bond was, is profound. Last night, Ness said, I was like, isn't our babysitter so cool and kind? And he's like, um, yeah, but Saft is so much cooler. You know, my wow. mom is so much cooler. And then he Called her. He's nearly six years old. He called her and just hugged the phone. Just oh my gosh, she's she's doing something right there. Yeah, they have a profound bond, and so that that was an in for me to really, you know, to let her help, to let her in, and put up the boundaries. You know, the way we parent now is different than the way they parented a, a generation ago, even at their at their best, and that's that's a good news. You know, that we are getting better with every generation. We ought to, as a society, as a collective, as women, as you know. Um and it does require me to say, like, um, no, you don't have to um, uh, you know, make her eat anymore. Well, you know, especially <laughs> Which is that like devastating to-, to my mother. She's like, But how's she gonna you know? Mm-hmm. But it works. It works. But you it know, worked talking about you
1: know being mums and it's that transition from when you get married you're transitioning from one family unit to another and I think it's very hard for our parents to understand the new unit and the new the change now you are in a moving into a new family unit and I just think often they forever see us as maybe they just know a bit better you know and yeah. Only we can say, you know, my dad said to me the other day, he's not at all like that, by the way, but he said to me, what did he say? He said, oh yeah, I was driving into central London in the evening for an event. And it's about a half an hour drive, you know, it's dark winter's night. I was going with a friend and he said, do you have to drive? He said, why Mm. why don't you get a taxi, sit in the back of a taxi, relax? I said, dad... Mm. I'm for my, for, you know, I'm for, I, 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 I can make my own decisions, but it's like they'll forever. Do you know what I mean? It's the protector. Yeah. It's the, and that's I how they see, see us. That. And it's up for, up to us to live it our way, you know, and it's hard to, for me, it was hard to do in my sort of twenties, thirties. That's the beauty of my forties. I've got that confidence to, to do it. If
0: not now, when? You do have <laughs> such a, a quiet strength. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's a yeah. compliment. Well tell me so you so you started setting those boundaries with your mother? I had to because she adored me. I
1: mean <laughs> to I mean this is one of the things that's so hard about not having her like I've just lost so much love in my life and so anyway, so I had this sort of crashing wave of love constantly which was wonderful mm-hmm. but she could also never get enough of me. So I could spend all day with her. And then the next one, it's like, so when am I seeing you? <laughs> you know, I've got two young children. I've got a career. I've got a husband. I'm running around, you know, and it didn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. she wanted to see me. So that's just an example of I had to set some boundaries of I can see you on Thursday or I can mm-hmm. see you this. But yeah, it was hard because you're changing the dynamic, you know, for so many years. I was like, yes, mom, of course, mom. Yeah. Because and part of that. was having this conversation with a friend the other night who had a similar relationship. It's, this she's been so good to me all my life like I want to say yes I want to give her what she wants but it's so hard isn't it when you've got these little ones as well that need you you can't just again you can't be everyone's you can't and then you want And then I'm asking people to actually take a bit of time for themselves as well. Like I bet there's some people listening saying to me, "Are you kidding me?" You know, it's that joke. The only time I get to myself is when I'm on the toilet or something. That some young, young (laughs) moms, yeah, (laughs)
0: it depends how old your kids are. Exactly, (laughs) Exactly. mine are (laughs) now. Anyway, (laughs) 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 follow you in there. Excuse me, Bernardo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, mine
1: are now um, almost. Eight and nine, so it's really become easier to to have more life life balance. You know, they're not so dependent on me.
0: Yeah, eight and nine, having children a year apart. Every time you say it, I'll I'll just never get over. They're nearly twins. There were some challenges. Yeah, was your mom helpful? (laughs) Still, of course, was your mom helpful with them in the early days? Except for when she was like, but me. very and
1: in fact that was you know that's that's one of the things that is really so sad that they don't have her in their lives and one one tip i want to give to anyone even if there's just one person listening that this tip will benefit because it's helped me so much since my mom died is um a very wise woman said to me because my kids were just how old were they were they seven and eight or six and seven when she died i can't remember and they were close to her and, and, but they were young, you know, and they said to me, keep, talk about your mom every day. Say something like, Oh, they called her Omi. Omi would have loved this recipe. Oh, look, Omi, that's Omi's thing. Oh, Omi would. And, and now she's over a year later we talk as we still talk about her every day because she's part of it. Like they talk about her. They, yesterday they had to do drawings. They could draw whatever they wanted. One of my, my youngest daughter drew me, you know, because she's so present and it's just so great. She'll always be present in their lives. But she was, yeah, she was really as hands-on as she could be. You know, she also, she had a full life. So she wasn't one of these like, whatever you need, whenever you need it. But she was there, you know, and she did fun stuff with them. Like she took them to art galleries. She did sleepovers. She, they. I, I'm not good at painting nails. So she painted their nails. Like <laughs> well, she, she was just, an artist. Yeah. And she was like, I call her the queen of fun. She just loved having fun. And, you know, again, I miss all that, but mm. you can only, like I say, you know, feel grateful. And things have become a lot clearer about what's important to me as well since since she's died. Yeah. How so? Well, like I say, like that significance of Israel that I knew that was always such a big part of me or the important, and like the things that were important to her, that mean something to me. So the importance of having fun, you know, it's so easy to not do crazy fun things if, if the people around you aren't necessarily those crazy fun people. So yeah. I want to try and, you know, make sure we, we, we keep doing all, crazy fun things like she used
0: to do um or, it can seem like so uh, superfluous
1: yeah i mean on you're a, like, what's the
0: point of living actually I'm not and on fun. a more
1: sort of level which is not the nicest thing to disclose but i'm just going to be honest is i have more time she did
0: yeah.
1: um, i don't like to say take up a lot of time but yeah there's a lot of you know also spoke certainly in the last years when her health wasn't at the best, I was very, very supportive and did a lot for her. So I have more time and I have more headspace to work out what I want to do, you know, with that time, with the life. And so I'm I'm living that not I would much rather have her here, but course, in her absence, course. I do have more time to, like she did, create the life, build the life. So yeah, it's all it's all phases, phases of life
0: and we make, make the best of it all. <laughs> mm. You're making the best of it. You're making a huge contribution to your community and you do it with um with a lot of fun, actually. Yes. It's a, well that's the thing, like
1: you people do it with don't a think lot of, of
0: fun Jewishness
1: I mean, with fun. Like and that's really? one of our company values is fun. Well, how many Jewish brands do you think of and you think I'm not talking about Instagram accounts. I'm talking about Jewish brands where you think,
0: that's a fun Jewish brand. That's all about fun. <laughs> I th- I, I, I'm in the entertainment industry, so I think of uh, Jewish humor.
1: But that's I think not a song. I'm no, talking about
0: a, brand. Um, no, a I don't brand, know any brand or a service or,
1: a you know.
0: Oh, those there are some fun Judaic. It's, it's happening more and more. Yes, it
1: is. It is. And I think those social media is helping with that.
0: Yes, you think social media is helping with that, and you do a yeah, great job it's bringing of bringing a lightness,
1: it's bringing a lightness to being Jewish. Yes.
0: you know, in in any spiritual community, when we uh, when the shadow side is up, then we have to balance it with the lighter side, and definitely yes. there has been a lot more anti Jewish racism and hate um, bubbling up, and so to quote unquote combat that. Even internally, even in terms of like the community and in our own selves, the light is really shining bright. The pride. There are more people out. Um, and I think your your account and your brand yeah. is, is helping facilitate this. There are a lot more people who are just more openly Jewish. And I don't know that people even know this, that, that Jewish people feel... Concerned about sharing their Judaism for fear of being rejected or mocked or um, uh, harassed for good reason, and I do see that a lot more people are more openly Jewish, which actually takes a lot of courage. Just like your your mother had, it does actually take a lot of courage to have this conversation that we're having on a you know regular old podcast, which is says a lot about the um, world, uh, that we live in, um, and the experience of being Jewish, that there's something to uh, compartmentalize. Yeah.
1: And I mean, I, I used to think before I did this work, so prior to creating Smash in the Glass and all, all that came after it, I was a, a digital brand designer and, um, you know, living my Jewish life, but it wasn't, you know part of my work identity and i wouldn't dream of sort of or i'll give an example so a few years ago so actually not going back to pre but a few years ago when i was doing my you know jewish jewish stuff online or whatever and i was shooting a we were doing a photo shoot for a big online hanukkah party i was doing and i i was wearing for the shoot a ugly hanukkah jumper that said something like tis the reason "'Tis the season to remind everyone that I'm Jewish." <laughs> and it was quite big. And I had to walk across town about a 15-minute walk to the studio where the shoot was being done. And it's a nice part of London, Primrose Hill, really nice, not dodgy or anything. Um, Jewish, some Jewish people, but not hundreds. But, you know, I, I don't feel threatened, you know, walking there on an over-jewish by any means. But I didn't want to walk, do this walk, with this jumper openly on display. I just didn't. And you ask yourself, but why? You know, it's that internal fear. And why I was going back to sort of pre, like in the years before I started this. So I used to just believe that being Jewish was a wonderful thing, but the package of being Jewish was that there was anti-Semitism, and it's just part of being Jewish. And I don't know if you've ever felt like, like, like that's just part of being Jewish. And like, whereas now I feel... Because of you know the 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 conference we went to in March and so many other reasons, no, we can move the needle. We can change things. We can stand up to it. We can educate.
0: We can do so much. How about you? Okay, um, this is going to get really weird for a second, but you know me. I'm like a little psychedelic, right? So You go there, yeah. I'm just going to go there. (laughs) I sat in um, like a ceremony, um, like someone was giving us like a guided visualization. And something that really does stick with me is the fear of anti-Semitism, of, you know, of, of harassment, which I've received a little bit online and, you know, I just, my, you know, I've said a million times on this podcast about my grandparents being Holocaust survivors. My father is a, um, a veteran of the Yom Kippur War. Um, that lineage is, you know, it, it's, I can see the effects of war and anti-racism. I yes. can see how uh, anti-Jewish racism has affected generation after generation. I I know it firsthand. So anyway, so that's that's definitely in me. And I'm closing my eyes. I'm in this um, beautiful women's gathering and she's giving us a visualization. And she's like, now bring yourself to the first time that you were ever on this earth. And I was (laughs) like, I'm a blade of grass. I'm a blade of grass. (laughs) It's happening. I love life, the wind, (laughs) the sun, and I knew that that a dinosaur could step on me in any moment, and I knew it, but it didn't bother me. It would just graze past me and I'd go, whew. But the overwhelming joy of the sun and the wind and my being was so great. And then she was like, take yourself to the second <laughs> iteration. And I'm a fish and I'm fishing around and I love I love my fishy self. I love the water. The sun is definitely present. And I know that there's a whale that can come eat me, but it doesn't bother me. I know. I almost have a sense of humor about it. it. It could be my end. It could be my... You know, it it could be it could go south for the for the fish around me, but I am like wiggling around in the water. I'm just <laughs> happy to be there, and that's my new relationship with anti Jewish racism. Go it's on, it's there, it's there, it's there. It can graze past me. It it can be yes. Uh, it, it's I can't deny that it's there. But the yes. But the joy of living. Yes. The, the profound delight in myself and in the elements are so much greater than this fear. And also, uh, you know, the circle of life is such that, you know, I just had this like very primitive, like, you know, visualization experience where like, there's a predator everywhere. There is. That's the truth. And in relation to the yumminess, it's, it's not as big. I don't need to focus on it as much. Well, it's
1: exactly that. It's, it was full circle what we discussed at the beginning and what I do. And you can focus on the joy and what makes you happy and what brings you joy with being Jewish, or you can focus on the hate. Now, what do you think is going to be more beneficial for a fuller, happier life? And it's not to say that you don't pay any attention to that. It's just you're not focusing on it. And you're certainly not, you know, I get asked a lot of the time, what do you do about the haters? And because obviously for the uninitiated, when you have a a big you know, account online, you get trolls, you get a lot of anti-Semitic hate. And I don't give any energy to it. I block and I move on done simple it's really simple and again it, there's a lot more control than you think you know when you give the haters all the power how does that make you feel whereas if you choose what you're focusing on what you're going to put your energy on and take control so what is coming into your world what commentary and what you want to be surrounded by and what accounts you want to follow you know, it's up to us. We've got to take that responsibility rather than being sort of
0: victims of age.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And I'm I'm taking notes from you all the time because I can oh. I, Yeah, I am. I, I I have literally taken notes. And I do I do um Just Well, all we're going to do something together this year. Yeah, we were hoping to do something um around the matriarchy, guys. Well, speaking of May, matriarchy. I oh. am
1: Coming to New York in May, so we will speak. Maybe we'll do something wait. when I'm there. I yeah. cannot wait.
0: That would be <laughs> so awesome. Well, I we'll want to know two things. Um, have we forgotten to tell any stories about, I don't even know your mom's name. So, my mom being my mom,
1: she had three names. Great.
0: <laughs> Iraqi Jews love, it. love a name or three. So,
1: her name is Zmira Cinnamon, Z-M-I-R-A. Mira song. Of Zmira, song. Zmira, yeah. Wow. Zmira. When she moved to London, people couldn't really pronounce Zmira. They, they got it wrong. So she, everyone called her Zimi, which actually picked up in Israel. Now all her family call her Zimi. Um, but professionally for her art, she was Mira, Mira Cinnamon. Interesting. So, I, her name is Mira Cinnamon and then beyond all that she used to give herself names when she felt like it. So on holiday sometimes she'd introduce herself with a completely different name like Genevieve or Great. and then she wanted to get a, a table in a restaurant that was fully booked she'd say this is Lady Cinnamon um you know we need a table for lady <laughs> She was kind of don't ask what her name is basically. There's no straightforward answer. What
0: a character. I <laughs> love I'm <laughs> so glad I asked what her name but I'm because, not so glad that you never met her. Yeah, but you know <laughs> I I have a real strong um uh, connection with your mom through you. Mm. Yeah. You know, and I I don't think particularly with the parent-child relationship like she is so present in everything yeah. you do. In every yeah. decision that you make your way, in every decision you make Her way, you know, it's like I experience Zmira when you put, you know, a set list of Jewish music out into the world. Song, Jewish song, you know, I, she's not gone to me. I know that in the physical form, I never got a good hug. I'm sure she was a great hugger. Yes. But, you know, it's not, uh, it's not a lost, it's not a, a lost moment. And I also. Thank you. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful for her, for her and for, yes. um, the way she lived her life because, you know, it's, it's, it's had a, a big impact on the way you live yours and now the way I live mine, proudly, oh. joyously. oh Jewishly.
1: You have such a way with words. Do people tell you that?
0: Um, sometimes, but, but you're very good at reflecting nice things no but you do you you you
1: articulate things in a beautiful phraseologies that touch touch people thank
0: you so much thank you so much yeah we've got so much
1: well before I tell you we've got so much to do together I feel like this is just a start and um yeah, I'm just I'm just so excited for for what we're gonna create together, friendship wise, work wise, everything wise, family yeah. wise. So yeah, yeah. I feel I, this is a great moment for me. Um, where for can we find me? <laughs> and for so, and for
0: Zmira, I feel and I Zmira. really <laughs> and for Zmira, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: So I'm on Instagram at your Jewish life. Uh, I'd love to hear from anyone listening. Drop me a DM. I love hearing from you. Um, and you can find me online at smashingtheglass.com or yourjewishlife.co, or I'd love you to buy a copy of my journal, the Jewish Joy Journal. It's a six month journal. It's a gratitude journal and a goal planner and it's selling out so Mm -hmm. fast. We've already gone for a reprint and it's going to be stocks in New York and there's all kinds of fun stuff happening around that. So
0: lots going on, um, come into my world. Thank you so much for framing um, this conversation around the impact a mother can make on a child's life and the the, the child's impact um, oh, moving yeah. forward. I just am so grateful for it because I think sometimes we can really get in the weeds.
1: Oh, again, you phrased it so beautifully. And I have to be honest and say I could never see it that clearly till she died. I don't know what she gave me till she died and like some now I realize that I sometimes think about my relationship with my dad who's still here very in good health whatever you say what do you say <laughs> 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 and I think you know and you just can't I can't work it out I can't work. you know while he's here it's all too busy it's all too in your, you know but yeah it's it's a it's a clarity that I have that yeah it's a very it's it's I feel contented when I think about my mom and everything she gave me. I'm at that point now, a year later, where I can actually just sit with it and feel grateful for everything. And like you say, passing it on.
0: You really are. <laughs> you really are. <laughs> we may have to cut this because it's too hokey, but I really feel her like holding my hand and watching you with such naches. Oh, really? I can't I believe I haven't even shown you a photo of her. Let me show you a photo, especially if we're
1: off air, so People don't She's get. She's so Ooh, gosh. happy. There she is. That's my my problem. She's hot.
0: Zim is hot. (laughs) 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 You're funny. I love you so much. Thank you. I love you. I love you. you, I love you Zim Zim, Zim, Zim Zim is watching with so much naches. Oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> so, much, so much pride, really. Thank you so much.
1: I hope your listeners will relate. I don't, you know, I don't know what they're looking for in the in the episode, but I hope they get something.
0: Thank you, as always, for listening to the Mom Curious podcast. My name is Daniela Rabani. I am your host. And I would love to continue this conversation at Daniela Rabani on Instagram. And if you'd be so kind to rate and review, share this podcast, I would be just really grateful. Catch you next time every Tuesday on the Mom Curious Podcast, produced by Hoff Studios. You can find them at Hoff Studios on Instagram as well. All right, have a great day.